welcome to another podcast of filling you in with the Chicago Dental Society. I'm Joe DeRosier, and I'm here with Dr. Ben Yule. Hey, doctor. Th- thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah, this is about our fifth podcast. And uh, how do you get your information? Do you do you listen to podcasts? I do listen to some podcasts, but usually not for information, more for entertainment. If I'm going to listen to a podcast on a, on a road trip, it's probably going to be a Two Bears, One Cave podcast or the Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. So I tend to listen to podcast content for, for entertainment. But most of the time when I'm driving, I get my news and information from Chicago's public media station, WBEZ 91.5 FM recorded on Chicago's Navy Pier every day. And so that's that's where I get most of my news and information. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you go to school? What do you do? So I'm a proud two-time UIC College of Dentistry graduate. The first time I graduated was 2013. And then I went to Illinois Masonic for my GPR, for a GPR year and practiced as a general dentist for two years. And then in 2016, I was lucky enough to head back to UIC to do orthodontic residency. After residency in 2019, I moved up to Grays Lake, Illinois, where I now have my own practice Monday through Thursday. Three days a month, I do the orthodontics for a general dentist and CDS member, Chris Baboulas, in Morton Grove. So I'm there two Saturdays and one Friday a month. And then one Friday a month, I try to get to the CDS Foundation Clinic in Wheaton. And I leave my bird beak pliers behind, pick up a handpiece and do extractions, sling composite, do a cleaning, all the kind of general dentistry skills that, that I started out with. Awesome. And uh, how did you get involved in organized dentistry? So I got involved in organized dentistry, I think mainly because I felt as a early on in my D1 year that I really didn't know what I signed up for. I'm the first dentist in my family. Both my parents are public school teachers. And the only exposure I had to dentistry before starting was just going to my pediatric dentist every six months for cleanings and fluoride treatments. And then I had braces when I was in middle school. And I shadowed the orthodontist who did my braces or finished my case, Dr. Derek Chang. He's now in Rockford. I shadowed him one day prior to applying to dental schools. And, and so I had very little exposure to the scope of what it means to be a dentist. And I had no idea what forces outside of the profession itself might be influencing what my career will look like. And so I started dental school knowing so little. And then I, I got attracted to the ASDA chapter, American Student Dental Association chapter at UIC. I saw that they were doing things not only at the dental school, but outside of the dental school. I started going to meetings there, and that's where I really felt like, well, two things. First, I felt like I was getting information that I was not getting in dental school about like what 
what direction the profession is going in and what my career might look like 20 years from now, 30 years from now. And then secondly, I was getting role models that I did not have in my family growing up. I didn't have a dad or an uncle or uh, an aunt that I looked up to as a, as a dentist, a healthcare provider, and doing going to ASD meetings. <clears throat> I got to meet CDS leaders, ISDS leaders, ADA leaders that I look up to, and like I, they they practice in ways, they present themselves in ways that I I wanted to emulate and try to be a professional the way they are. Mm-hmm. So I that's what drew me into organized dentistry and is part of the reason I'm still really involved to this day. Yeah, it's really amazing to me uh, how many dentists have have it in the family. <laughs> it's a family business almost. Yeah, it's very common. But I, th- I think it's getting less and less common. I've, I've spoken at ASDA meetings most recently in November. ASDA had their national leadership conference and I got to give a session with a few hundred dental students in the room. And I asked them to raise their hands, like who's the first dentist in their family? And it seemed like, like nearly 50% were first dentists in their family. And I don't think that was the case decades ago. Like yeah. it's, there's a lot, of, a lot of trailblazers out there that like me, probably didn't know exactly what they signed up for when, when, they, when they signed on the dotted line and committed to their dental school. And so, so yeah, I do think the, the demographics of the profession are, are kind of changing in that way too. A lot, a lot more first generation dentists. Yeah. And a lot more women and a lot more minorities. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So now you're an ISDS trustee and you're also the chair of the CDS membership committee. Yep. And then in my free time on the ADA Budget and Finance Committee. And so oh, wow. I, I have a few roles kind of throughout the tripartite. Yeah. So CDS is one of the larger components of the ADA. And what kind of sets us apart is the big mid-winter meeting, uh, which is just around the corner. Yeah, it's a great meeting. Do you remember the first time we were at a midwinter? Absolutely. That that would have been February of 2010, my, my D1 year. And the experience that I remember most is walking into the exhibit hall at my first midwinter meeting. I was just wowed by... I'd been to some organized dentistry meetings, as the meetings, where we have exhibitors and vendor fairs and stuff like that. But just the size and scope of that exhibit hall in McCormick Place West was just mind-boggling to me. And and my very first thought was, holy cow, I did not know that so much industry and research and effort from corporations is being poured into this this kind of niche thing that we're all doing as as dentists. And yeah. it it I was like, holy cow, if if all these corporations are investing, you know, millions of dollars into generating product and and doing research and and kind of bringing the best and the brightest to us then then how can we fail as a profession like there's there's all this this backing from from industry so my first midwinter meeting was 
was kind of affirming in a way. It, it made me think, oh, maybe it was a smart decision to get involved in, in dentistry, to, to sign on the dotted line and, and say that I'll, I'll take out hundreds of thousands of dollars of loans to, right. to join the profession. So what's your uh, favorite part of uh, Midwinter besides all the great courses and everything? Yeah, I, I would say probably two things. One, I still love the exhibit hall. I still get impressed with the size and scope of everything. And now I actually really like that since I have my own practice, I can actually have an agenda when I walk in there. And maybe, maybe my agenda is as simple as just spending my $100 rebate and and getting something nice that that I'll use in my practice or my agendas researching digital scanners try out some of the newest updates that that all the companies have out there or uh, CBCT just looking at machines and and figuring out where I'd want to go with that purchase so I I still love the exhibit hall Uh, and and then secondly, and I'm and I'm quickly aging out of this, is the the new dentist reception, which I believe will be on Friday evening of midwinter, at at 5 p.m. But yeah, it's a great opportunity to connect with some people that I only get to see once a year at yeah. at midwinter, classmates, GPR classmates, and even people that I know that went to other dental schools. I have some friends that went to Detroit Mercy that I typically see at Midwinter each year, so they, they drive over from Michigan. Yeah, Midwinter draws draws a large crowd, and if you're a new dentist, I highly recommend coming to the new dentist reception. Yeah, it's going to be moved this year, I believe, to Restaurant Tuesday. Exactly. That's on the mezzanine level, kind of yeah. as you would take those escalators up and down from the level that the exhibit hall and a lot of the courses are on. Yeah, they do a really nice job of uh, putting out a nice spread. Yeah, it has plenty plenty of drinks, plenty, plenty of snacks, and, and plenty of, of camaraderie and, and connecting with, with other young dentists and professionals in, yeah. in your area. So it's it's kind of a saying that the the younger generation, which in, of course includes younger dentists, are, are they're just not they're not joiners, uh, and they don't go to things like midwinter meeting or conventions or whatever. I, I'm not even sure that's really a truism. What do you think? I do think uh, on the average that people people my age and, and younger seem to to not join institutions that uh, our, our parents may, may have joined a, as readily. I'm going to borrow from an, another leader that I look up to, Sue Dorshow, uh, former CDS president, but she pointed out that Boy Scout troops around the country are selling off properties, that churches and synagogues around the country are closing. We don't subscribe to maybe the same beliefs that that our parents had and aren't joiners in that same way so it is a societal trend um however i do know dentists my age and below have six or seven different streaming subscriptions like we're all members of amazon prime 
we're all members yeah. of Netflix or HBO uh, now. Um, and so, like, what I, what I see that uh, people my age and, and younger probably want is, is a different sort of business model where you are a member in that you want this, you want to subscribe to this resource that mm-hmm. the, the group gives you. And at least on an ADA level, we're working on, on giving people that. And I believe that will trickle down to state and local CDS levels over time. Can a midwinter meeting be kind of that vehicle? So I, I absolutely think that, so we're getting into the nuts and bolts of, of exactly what a subscription membership to to be to be a tripartite member would be as opposed to this this annual dues membership model that we have and absolutely there there will be a lane where where you're you're a CE member of of the CDS ICS and ADA and that includes free access to x number of courses at at mid at midwinter whereas someone that's perhaps paying a lower tier of membership, just wants to be involved in online education and advocacy or something, would, would then have to pay to attend midwinter. It, it, it's all, we're getting in the weeds, Joe, but it, it's, it, there, I do see many ways for that to kind of work out where the, the reality is every, every three years in Illinois, you need to get 48 hours of CE we're going back to pre-COVID rules where half of those hours have to be in person or a live webinar. And so at midwinter, you can get 21 hours in just three days of, of, of in-person CE. So you can almost just go to one midwinter every three years and get all the in-person CE that you need for, for that three-year time period. But if I think I think if you go for one year and, and get all twenty one hours, you're gonna realize it's gonna be worth your time to go every dang year and and learn something new, year in and year out. I, I usually do an interview with an incoming president, and they talk about what the uh, how important uh, Midwinter is, and every single one brings up the camaraderie aspect of it, uh, the fact that you're you're networking, you're talking, and there's a social aspect of it. And it, you almost get energized about the, uh, the profession again, kind of like what happened to you when you first walked in there and you said, wow. And I've talked to a lot of hygienists who, of course, are not members of C- CDS, but they're, they come to the meeting in droves and they really get excited about their job. Yeah, it's it's so so easy to stagnate while you're out there in practice, and just do the same things day in day out. A because they work. B because they're comfortable, and then C because you're you haven't necessarily exposed yourself to something mm-hmm. new, that may actually work better and be more comfortable for both you and your patient. And so, like going to a meeting like Midwinter is where. You learn a lot on the exhibit floor. You learn a lot in lecture halls, but you perhaps learn more talking with colleagues, especially people that you know, respect, and trust. And if they tell you that X Y Z product or service 
or consulting firm works really well for them and you have the same issue, then like their testimonial will go way further than, than any information you'd get from a vendor or exhibitor. But yeah, so you, it's easy to stagnate and go into in-person meetings like, like midwinter is a great way to recharge your battery. Yeah. So anything else you want to talk about? Anything else I want to talk about? <laughs> uh, well, it, it's been a pleasure to be your fifth. I'm, th- I'm going to be the fifth interview. This will be the, yeah, episode five. Some of my interviews have been in-person type things. I uh, talked to Dr. Pendleton over at the UIC, uh, Dr. Uh, Cheryl Mora, talking about some of this, uh, the changes in CE that are coming up at the midwinter meeting. And my next one will be Jeffrey Bear, who is going to be the keynote speaker. Oh, that'll be, that'll be exciting. Well, well, I'm far less of, of an expert on dentistry as, as Bear is in, in hospitality. So I feel like I'm, in, I'm, I'm breathing rarefied air here. And gosh, you've already interviewed Cheryl Mora, who knows far more about the midwinter meeting the, the, than I do. So it's, yeah, it's been a real honor to, to be part of this group and and to do this podcast. Yeah, well, you know, the, the strategic plan that came out this year, a, a big focus is to, to really, you know, find a way to make CDS uh, valuable to younger dentists and, and keeping, keeping people excited about it. I mean, it, at some point, as you kind of said about with the, um, the the family, you know, your dad was a dentist, so you're going to become a dentist and you're just going to join CDS. It's just one of the things you just did. Uh, that's not the case anymore. People don't just do what their their parents used to do. Yeah. So. But I think the take-home lesson that I that I got from my lecture at ASDA National Leadership Conference back in November was when all those hands went up that said that they are also the first dentist in their family. I know a good portion of those people probably felt like I did first year of dental school, just kind of lost, a little bit overwhelmed, uncertain of whether your investment of hundreds of thousands of dollars to become a dentist is worth it. and. And getting involved in organized dentistry is where I found those answers. And I found the reassurances that it will be worth it. And I met the people that, that are like my dental heroes and, and people that I aspire to be like as, as practitioners, as, as business owners, as, as husbands and wives and, and, and parents. Like there are so many great people that care a lot about the profession. Yeah. And my experience has been that most of them are are going to be involved members of CDS, ISDS, and ADA. Yeah. So, what can organized dentistry, uh, CDS, uh, in particular, how how can you how can we be more welcoming? What what are some of the things that we can do? That's a great question. And so, I think the the flip side of that question is 
how we need to identify ways in which we have not been welcoming historically. And a major way is I don't think we historically have been welcoming of people that choose to practice as an employee dentist. And especially if you're an employee dentist of a, a large corporation that's run by a dental service organization or, or DSO. And I think there's this perception out there that either you go out and join organized dentistry and practice in private practice, or you go out, practice for a DSO, and then organized dentistry is not for you. And that, that perception has to be shattered. And I think that, that probably is the number one way that we need to make ourselves more welcoming as, as an organization is make it, make it clear that we're not just the organization for single docs out there working by themselves, that we're the organization and association for all dentists, regardless of practice modality. That's very well put. Thanks. Well, Dr. Ewell, thank you very much for joining us today. And, and we're looking forward to seeing you at the midwinter. Thanks for having me, Joe. Winter. Yep, you'll see me there. The one thing I don't have is the hotel, but I, I'll, I'll book that soon. Well, you know, the CDS offices, they're pretty empty during that week. We can, uh, you know, put you in one of the offices. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll stay at the, the, the Ritz, the CDS Ritz conference room. Yes, yeah, the, four, the 401 North Michigan Ritz. That sounds, that sounds beautiful. We get a view of the river, a view, view of the Wrigley Building. I would take that. Especially if the if the price is right, I'll do it. How about free? Is it- that that's the that's the right price? That's for sure. Good All for right. me. All right. Well, thanks again, Doc. No problem. Thank you, Joe. Okay.